So, um, you know, I was reading uh, 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 a little bit yesterday and I think it became clear to me again in like chapter 18, although we're starting from 16 tonight. Um, but when I was in chapter 18, just lessons that I get to learn from reading verse by verse. And, you know, maybe you guys are, are, are learning uh, more, too, because remember we talked about the last time we were at Bible study about how, you know, when we talk about the story of Job, we, we, we know, um, you know, people say, oh, yeah, that's the guy who went through so much stuff and, 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 and you know, or God allowed the devil to do this. And, and then this happened at the end. And, and while we know the beginning and, and the end, for the most part, it, we, we talked a lot about how verse by verse we get to see. And by see, I mean relate. To so much that happens in the middle, his up and his up and down, his roller coaster of emotions, um, him trying to figure things out, um, his friends trying to figure things out, him arguing with his friends. Now he's mad at them, and they're mad at him, and also the kind of stuff. And a lot of times when we go through things in life, our life reflects that from time to time, where you know there's this thing that happens on one end, and then this thing that happens at the end, and there's a lot that goes on in the middle, and we're always presently uh, in a middle situation in our lives. Um, something that we've been, because we talked about this, uh, man, uh, a few series ago where God brings us out of something. And he doesn't bring us out to leave us out. He brings us out to take us to something or to put us in something. And so there's that part in the middle, uh, that story where we experience those ups and downs. I see you, Ma, where we experience those ups and downs and we experience the emotions and we experience the, the anger and then we experience the hope. Have you ever had, have you, and we see this in Job, uh, with Job, have you ever had a, a day where you woke up that morning and you, and you felt, you know, like just the weight of the world was on your shoulders, nothing's going right. And then like just hours later, something you feel better or you wake up and it's the opposite. You feel good. Everything's good. And the next thing you know, you feel down and you, then next thing you know, you're up again that we go through those roller coasters and those ups and downs and, and things are looking up and I'm hopeful and I'm hopeful and I'm hopeful. And the next thing you know, all hope is gone and there is no hope and everything's just winning ashes at the end. And, and we go through these dynamics all the time. And we see Joe with these dynamics. I mean, there's one minute where he is praising God and God Almighty, and, 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 and he does this, and he can do this, and he can do that. And then it's, why, you know, basically, you know, why are you so mean? And why are you picking on me? And God, you can just crush me. My life is worth nothing. Why don't you just get it over with? And But then he's back on, and then he's down, up and down. And we see so much of that in this book. And I see a lot of, and so as I'm reading the book, I see a lot that, that I go through internally. Because a lot of times we go through, and these ups and downs, what's, here's what's so interesting. If, if you will look at this book and I say, this, this, is, this is me, or we say we can see ourselves in it, a lot of people from the outside may not see us that way. But because a lot of that ups and down and the turmoil, a lot of that is inner. A lot of that is inside of us. Um, you know, if I were to write every single emotion and every single thought and everything that was going on inside my heart and inside my head, it would read almost like this book here. It would say the same exact thing, some of the same exact things. I see you, Sierra. It would say it would, it would say those things and repeat some of these things where 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 I'm trying to figure out what's going on and why would God do this and God is doing this to me and then well God is great. But well God, if you're so great, then why would you do this? You know, why are you so bad to people? And why do good things happen to people who don't deserve it? I didn't do anything bad. Why am I getting this? I mean, that's the same thing that we tend to go through um, inside. And sometimes we do express it, uh, you know, outside. So I see a lot of that um, as we um, as we read through the book. And maybe you see some similarities, too, with yourself. Some of you guys are saying amen and yes and true and stuff like that. So you probably can relate to it. But if there's anything else that you can relate to, feel free to t- type it in the chat box or, or when we're done, you can unmute your, your mic and, 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 and uh, unmute yourself and you can um, let us know you know, what you're discovering as you, as we go verse by verse, because, and this is what I love about verse by verse Bible study is that there aren't any throw, throwaway scriptures or throwaway lessons in the Bible. When read in context, you can learn something. And, 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 and yeah, Job's a long book. I mean, it's got 40 something chapters, but we're, we're a little more than halfway, halfway through because some of the chapters are short, but 
but even then you still learn so much by, by, by reading those and not, and not skipping through. And Bible study is the perfect time um, to do it. Uh, and, and so one of the things that I had learned about this whole middle thing too is, and, and we'll see it in some upcoming chapters, is that in, in a lot of times in our attempt to try to explain what's happening or to try to explain God or understand God or make sense of what's going on to rationalize things, a lot of times we get it wrong. You know, we've been in this back and forth with Job and his friends and then his friends back to Job and then Job to God and then Job back down to his friends. And they're all trying to explain why something is happening to Job. And they all have the reason wrong. They all have the why it's happening wrong. And they're trying to and, and, and sometimes that happens with us where we try to explain what's going on and, well, and, and, and trying to figure God out. And we don't quite know what's going on. And I think, and I think when we uh, was in Habakkuk, we talked about Habakkuk wanting all these whys from God, and God didn't give him the answer to the why. He gave him a vision instead. But there's something about us that we have to know a why. And if we could get like Habakkuk, and and well, he well, the lesson from Habakkuk was maybe sometimes we don't need to be so concerned about that why, but be more concerned about a vision or ask God for show me what's a plan. I don't need to know the reason, or even I see you might even understand. But if you show me what's happening or how you're working or where you're working, then maybe I can wrap my head around it. And and so and so we want to focus on that as opposed to all the why, 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 why. Because the truth of the matter is, even if we knew why, you know, we'd still have questions. Because remember, we're reading this. And we read in the in the first chapter what happened is conversation with God and 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 Satan and what happened and and so we know why it's happening and we know what happened to make it happen but even us knowing what happened we still have questions we still have why so even if Job knew what exactly was going to happen you know he still would ask well why would you let him do that so the so so the why sometimes never stop but if there is a, a vision like we saw in Habakkuk that could make it um that could that could make it better so let's focus on 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 purpose and focus on you know well what is God's plan what is God's purpose and we know that you know. You know, and Crystal's not on this call. She's at a conference in, in Carolina, but her favorite scripture is all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, um, who love God and are called according to his purpose. And, and, and we know that, that God's major, that God's plan for us is to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. And so even if I don't understand the plan, I understand what's going on or why what's happening is happening. I do understand that his work in me is all to conform me to the image of Jesus Christ. And so whatever's happening, is going to play a role um, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in that. So let's, let's, let's jump in. I, that was a lot longer than I thought I was going to take. Sorry, guys. Um, let's go. Verse 16. Again, I'm reading from the NLT. Uh, Sierra just walked home. I just got home. Um, just walked through the door. Here we go. Uh, uh, verse one, uh, chapter six, uh, uh, chapter 16. Then Joe spoke again. I have heard all this before. So this is a response to his friend, another response. Okay. He says, what miserable comforters are you? Now, again, we talked about this and Sierra had made mention of this um, uh, in one Bible study where, you know, Joe with his friends may not even necessarily be looking for advice or anything. He talks about how the fact that they don't help him feel better, you know, and so maybe here, you know, he's just looking for comfort. He's not actually looking for them to answer his questions or figure out why things are going on. He's really just kind of looking for comfort. And we talked about how we, you know, we want to be there for people and sometimes just the ministry of presence and his friends were present there for him in the beginning didn't say much, but once they started going back and forth with him, they weren't necessarily providing what he needed. And I don't think they were mean people. People, they were literally trying to help him. But of course, because he's going through so much, you know, he lashes out at them. He's upset with them. Verse three, why won't you ever stop blowing hot air? 
What makes you keep talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if you were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. Instead, I suffer uh, 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 if I defend uh, myself and I suffer no less if I refuse to speak. So we're saying, so whether I try to tell you I didn't do anything wrong or whether I just sit here, I'm going to suffer the same way. He says in verse seven, oh God, you uh, you have ground me down and devastated my family. As to prove I have sinned, you've reduced my the meat to skin and bones. My gaunt flesh testifies against me. God hates me and angrily tears me apart. And some, listen, sometimes we go through things and it feels like God is just not on our side, right? Right? Like, like you know, what God got so much love for Charmaine and God lets everything works out great for Tanya. And I'm so proud of everything. Mine, you know, Mike and Gina, everybody's got this stuff going on. But man, God must have something against me because it seems like everything in life um, is going um, against me. He snaps his teeth at me. He pierces me with his eyes. Verse 10, people jeer at me. I'm sorry, people jeer me and laugh at me. Uh, they slap my cheek in contempt. A mob gathers against me. God has handed me over to sinners. He tossed me into the hands of the wicked. I was living quietly until he shattered me. He took me by the neck and broke me into pieces. Then he set me up as his target. And now his arch is around me. Remember, we talked about a lot of the poetry, it seems like these guys wrote, you know, um, uh, in, in the Old Testament. His arrows pierce me without mercy. They, uh, the ground is wet with my blood. Again and again, he smashes against me, charging me like a warrior. I wear burlap to show my grief. My pride lies in the dust. My eyes are red with weeping. Dark shadows circle my eyes, yet I have done no wrong, and my prayer is pure. And so again, he's saying all this stuff, but says, I still have done nothing wrong. I don't understand why God is doing this to me. And again, that's that's kind of a theme throughout this whole book where we, we, where we talk about the fact that a lot of times we think because we're going something through something in life, it must mean God is either getting me back, or God's mad at me about something, or but, but that's not necess- that's not always the case because that wasn't the case here for Job. And so we got to make sure that we get that, that we keep that in mind that as we go through things in life, you know, you Tanya may face a hardship, or Mike Gina, you, you, you might face a hardship, but that's not because God is mad at you, and that's not because God is trying to get get back at you or something. You know, we can't serve a God that's merciful and graceful the way we see when he will save man from eternal salvation, but then he'll get back at us a small, you know, small thing. We can't be the same, okay? Um, uh, uh, and he's not. Verse 16, my eyes are red with weeping, dark uh, shadows circle my eyes, yet I have done no wrong and my pr- prayer is pure. Let's pick up at 18. Oh, earth, do not conceal my blood. Let it cry out on my behalf. Even now, my witnesses is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. My friends scorn me, but I pour out my tears to God. Watch this. I need someone to meditate between God and me. Remember, uh, I'm sorry, uh, mediate, not meditate. I need someone to mediate. Remember, we talked about that uh, in a few chapters back where he talked about if only there was someone who could mediate between God and myself. And we talked about how in the New Testament we see where we do have a mediator. We do have Jesus Christ who intercedes for us on our behalf. Imagine that in this moment right now that that Jesus Christ is interceding for you right now at this moment for Sierra, for Charmaine, for Tanya, that Jesus Christ is pleading to God on your behalf right now as we speak and throughout your life that we do have a, a, a mediator in heaven between God and man and that it is and that it is Jesus Christ. He says, for soon I must go down that road from which I will never return. Uh, verse uh, Chapter 17, verse one, he says, my spirit is crushed. My life is nearly snuffed out. The grave is ready to receive me. I am surrounded by mockers. I watch how bitter, how bitterly they taunt me. Uh, you must defend my innocence, O God, since no one else will stand up for me. You have closed their minds to understanding, but do not let them triumph. They betray their friends uh, for their own advantage. Now, again, this is Job being upset 
with the friends that were there for him when nobody else was there. They did come and they mourned with him. But again, he's going through a lot and they're not feeling him. They're not comforting him. They're not, they're not, they're not understanding what's going on. And, and sometimes we, we have a tendency of being on both sides where we may not understand what's going on with somebody in our life who's going through a whole lot. And, and as opposed to comforting them, we're doing some things that may make them a little more upset or a little more agitated. And then sometimes we experience that too, where we, what we really need is just a friend or we need someone to comfort. And, and you know, they don't necessarily bring that. And, and, and we get upset um, at them when they're really there just, you know, uh, trying to help. And it can be a little misdirected anger. Uh, so let their children faint with hunger. Listen to what he's saying. So let their children faint with hunger. God has made a mockery of me among the people. They spit in my face. My eyes are swollen with weeping and, I'm, uh, and I am but a shadow of my former self. Now, here's the thing of what he's saying all these people are doing. Here's what's interesting is that, you know, basically we've just been following a dialogue between him and his friends from morning up until now, from him, him mourning what has been going on up until now. And I haven't seen in the people that he's talking about. He's just been interacting with his friends. Right. So, you know, uh, and so maybe it's a, it, it, it's a feeling um, uh, uh, that he has. The virtuous are horrified when they see me. The innocent rise up against the ungodly. The righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. As for all of you, come back with a better argument. Though I still won't find a wise man among you, my days are over. So here we go. Remember, we just talked about this. Uh, watch this next line. He says, my days are over. My hopes have disappeared. My heart's desire are broken. And we, t- we talked about that when it comes to uh, 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 hope. I feel like this hope one day, and then I don't feel like it. And then I got this. Because if he felt like it was truly over, then why is he still pleading with God? Why is he still praying? Why is he still wanting understanding? Why is he still wanting deliverance? But we go through that. When we've got the high, there's hope. And we go through the low, there's no hope. When we got the high, you know, there's so much more life ahead of me. Then we got the low, my life is over. It's never going to change. Um, and, and so we see that again here. Verse 12, these men say that night is day. They claim that darkness is light. What if I go to the grave and make my bed in darkness? What if I call the grave my father and the maggot my mother or my sister? He's, he's really going down a dark hole here, guys. Uh, where then is my hope? Can, I, can anyone find it? No, my hope will go down with me to the grave. We will rest together in the dust. So he's saying that there is no, he, that he feels you know, hopeless. Chapter 18, verse 1. Then Bildad, uh, the Shuhite, replied, how long before you stop talking? Speak sense if you want us to answer. So now, here they, now, now the friends are going back and forth with him now. Here's another friend you know, saying something to him. Do you think we are uh, mere animals? Do you think we are stupid? You may tear out your hair in anger, but, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? That, that, now, remember, there are several points in here, and we've pointed these out in the chapters, while many people, when they talk about Job, yes, his friends didn't understand what was going on. But you know who else didn't understand what was going on? Job didn't understand what was going on. And yes, his friends misdiagnosed it and said, you must have sinned. And we look down on his friends. But you know who else was struggling with why it's happening to him? Job is as well. And we pulled out lots of nuggets. I see you, Ma. We pulled out lots of nuggets from those earlier chapters that even though they were wrong in the diagnosis, they were right in some of the things that they were saying in principle and in theory. And here's something else that they are saying. It's like, you may tear it. And they're right here. And, and we should keep this in mind when we're upset that, listen, you may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? Meaning you do whatever you want to do out of anger. But in the grand scheme of things, what is having a temper tantrum about what you're going through really going to do? Is it going to stop it? Is it going to destroy the earth? Uh, he said, you know, will the rocks tremble at the fact that Rick was so mad that he picked his phone up and he threw it against the wall? Like, does that, what is it really going to do? I say, you might, the answer is no, it ain't going to help anything. Watch this. He says, surely the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. 
The sparks of their fire will not glow. The light in their tent will grow dark. The lamp hanging from them will be quenched. Keep going. Uh, let's see where we're at. Verse seven. He says, the confident stride of the wicked will be shortened. Uh, their, uh, their own schemes uh, will be their downfall. Literally, it seems like, and what he's saying is, is like, listen, and, 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 we, we, and we hear this all the time, the wages of sin is death, you know, and, and, and um, you know, pride comes before fall. Literally saying that, you know, in time, those who are wicked or in time, those who hearts aren't towards God or those who hearts are towards evil, they will stumble. Like eventually they'll get what's coming to them. Verse eight, they, the, the wicked walk into a net. They fall into a pit. A trap grabs them by the heel. A snare holds them tight. A noose lies in, uh, hidden on the ground. A rope stretched across their path. Terrors sounded, uh, uh, I'm sorry, surround the wicked and, and trouble them at every step. Hunger depletes their strength uh, and calamity waits for them uh, to stumble. Disease eats their skin. Death devours their limbs. They're torn from, uh, from the security of their homes and are brought down uh, to the king of terrors. The home of the wicked will burn down. Burning sulfur rains on their houses. Their roots will dry up and their branches will wither. All memory of their existence will fade from the earth. No one will remember their names. They will be uh, thrust into light. They will be thrust from light into darkness, driven from the world. They will have neither children nor grandchildren nor any survivors in the place where they live. People in the, uh, in the West are appalled at their face. People in the East are horrified. They will say, this was the home of a wicked person, a place of whom God rejected. Now, again, you can see why Job is so upset because he's like, it sounds to me like you're talking about me. Like, like why would you say this about me when you know that I'm not a wicked person? Uh, and why would you say that, well, well, this is the fate of the wicked and I'm looking at you. But again, we, a lot of times we, we tend to tie in our current circumstances with whether we've done something wrong or how God feels about us and not the fact that we are going through life and God is with us through, um, through this stuff. Um, let's get through uh, chapter 19 and maybe we'll start, maybe we'll start in 20 um, as well tonight. Let's keep going. Um, let's see, verse nine, uh, chapter 19. Uh, how this is Job. This is uh, Job again. It's kind of a res, um, uh, is a response to his, uh, uh, his most recent friend's um, uh, speech to him. He says, uh, verse one. Then Job speaks again. This is chapter nineteen, verse two. How long will you torture me? How long will you try to crush me with your words? You have already insulted me ten times. You should be ashamed of treating me so badly. Even, watch this. Even if I have sinned, that is my concern, not yours. You think you're better than I am using my humiliation as evidence of my sin. Now, remember, even Job is trying to figure out, well, just show me what I did wrong, because he thinks in his mind, I must have did something wrong uh, in order to. But then he's telling his friends, I didn't do anything. God needs to show me. But again, he's telling his friends, even if I did sin, that's not your concern. That's my concern. And you think you're better than me. And you're trying to use this as evidence of my sin. And, and listen, we talked, we, we read it um, in, in one of the minor prophets where Israel, oh no, it wasn't Israel. It was a, it was another nation um, that, that was somewhat down the line related to Israel that God punished because they rejoiced in Israel uh, being taken captive. And he was like, you shouldn't rejoice in other people's in other people's turmoil. And we got to make sure that we don't fall into that same trap. He said, you think you're better than I am using my humiliation as evidence of my sin. It's sad that sometimes people will look at Mike or they look at Charmaine or Tanya and will be happy when things don't work out for you. It is unbelievable that, you know, that there are people that, that, that yes, can't wait. They, they hope to goodness that whatever it is Sierra's got going on, that it fails because that way they can be happy and can re- rejoice. It's like, I'm glad that that didn't work out for you. And, and, there, and unfortunately, there are people that are like that. Um, and, but we got to make sure that we aren't individuals who are like that. Verse six in chapter 19, 
says, but God, but, but, but it is God who has wronged me, capturing me in his net. I cry out, help, but no one answers me. I protest, but there is no justice. God has blocked my, uh, my way so I cannot move. He has plunged my path into darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and have removed the crown of my head. He has demolished me on every side and I am finished. He has un- uprooted my hope like a fallen tree. His fury burns against me. He counts me as an enemy. His troops advance. They build up roads to attack me. They camp all around my tent. My relatives stay far away and my friends have turned against me. My family is gone and my close friends have forgotten me. My servants and maids consider me a stranger. I'm like a foreigner to them. When I, uh, when I call my servant, uh, he does not come. I have to plead with him. My breath is repulsive, repulsive to my wife. Interesting. This is the second time we heard him mention his wife, right? Um, uh, uh, and I believe when we talked about all his possessions and his kids, like they, they didn't even mention her as far as his his great gain. But she was one of the first ones to say, you need to curse God and just go ahead and die. Um, so that was that was interesting. And then we hear her, her, her mention her again. I, and it's interesting, too, that 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 when God, you know, when things were taken away from him, all of his possessions and his kids, she was still you know, she wasn't touched. Um I don't know if there's any symbolism in that or, or, or that whole dynamic, but everything that was everything that was dear to him <laughs> seemed to have been taken. You know, and, and we see what kind of person she was when when he got uh, when he got sick. So um, uh, 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 who knows? We'll see. Let's see. Uh, my breath across my body. He said, I am rejected by my own family. Even young children despise me when I stand to speak. They turn their backs on me. My close friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. I have been reduced to skin and bones and have escaped death by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me. My friends have mercy. Uh, He says, the hand of God has struck me. Must you also persecute me like God does? Haven't you chewed me up enough? It's clear that all he's literally doing is asking them to be kind and to and, and for comfort. Uh, he says, "Oh, that my words could be recorded. Oh, that my that, that they could be inscribed on a monument." Uh, he says, uh, uh, "Carved with an iron chisel, filled with lead, engraved forever in the rock." But as for me, I know that my redeemer lives. Isn't it interesting that at, that with all this that's going on and the ups and downs, and even saying that I have no hope, he says, and again, we talked about this, how we go, I have no hope, that my hope will be buried with me in the grave and it will die with me there. Yet and still at verse 19, verse, verse 25 of chapter 19, he says, but as for me, I know that my redeemer lives and he will stand up upon the earth at last. After my body has decayed, yet in my body, I will see God. And so we, now we still see this hope and we still see this reverence and we still see um, uh, uh, this, 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 this uh, perseverance um, in Job. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. How dare you go on persecuting me saying uh, it's his own fault? And isn't it Job actually saying that God is the one doing it? Uh, he says, uh, you should fear punishment for yourselves, for your attitude deserves punishment. Then you will know that there is indeed judgment. And so, again, we sit here and we see this back and forth with Job and his friends. It's up and down with Job and God and this back and forth even within Job. And we experience um, um, uh, 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 himself. If anybody else has anything um, uh, they want to ask or something that they've learned from Job as we've been reading, feel free to either type it in the chat or unmute yourself um, after prayer, and you can add it. Other than that, we'll be back at it Saturday, uh, Sunday, Sunday, um, 10 o'clock here on this Zoom call. We're doing part two of the what do I see when I see me. And this week we're talking about um, 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 uh, making sure we see the good in us because sometimes life 
and people and situations make us think that we're not worthy and that who could love us and and all this other kind of stuff. And we got to make sure that when we see us, that we see ourselves the way God um, uh, sees us. We talked about all the bad stuff last week. So we're going to do the good stuff this week. Um, Let's pray. 